Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, the first one of the 2022-23 campaign. My name is Will Pugh. I'm joined as ever by my very good pal and colleague, business partner and all-round West Ham fan, father and media magnate extraordinaire. It's James Jones. Jonesy, what a pleasure to see you again, mate. You've got an absolutely outstanding tan. It's been I don't know how many weeks since we last did a podcast together. Now, I haven't seen you for a while either. You're looking healthy as I've ever seen you. The uh, the sun-kissed glow is doing you absolutely tons of favours. The little claret t-shirt you've got on, the natural light from the window of your flat. It's absolutely amazing, mate. And uh, I'm so glad to be back. It's good to see your face, mate. And um, that's probably the best intro you've ever given me, to be fair. <laughs> it's quite been a while, that. hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. You missed me that much, did you? Yeah, when we get to the end of the season, I've been staring at you for 48 <laughs> weeks running or whatever. I'm like, get this face off my screen. <laughs> Absence makes a heart grow fonder and all that, mate, I think is uh, yeah. how they put it. Have you, have you been? You look good. Um, we'll get onto West Ham in a minute, of course. But um, yeah, no one's heard from us for a while. We, of course, have been in um, brief contact. But uh, yeah, what's been going on? How you been? Uh, talk to me. I mean, it's been a, been a pretty good summer, to be fair. Um, been on a stag do. Uh, it's my birthday on the weekend just before. Not my stag do, but another right. stag do. Uh, I was just telling yeah. you before we went live that I ended up with uh, third degree burns on my legs for falling asleep mm. in the sun. Um, so that was uh, interesting. Uh, been to Ireland for a wedding. Um, my birthday weekend just gone. Turned the ripe old age of 34. Mate, uh, so getting on a little bit now. Getting on a little bit. But yeah, other than that, it's been... It's been what five, six weeks of just work. Work's busy because it's the mm. transfer window. Just, just yeah, just life, just living the dream. What about you, mate? It's good to see your face. 
Yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, it's a bit of strange. It, I, I don't know about you, and I don't, uh, but I sort of flip between. Cause as soon as the season finishes, I, <clears throat> I'm always just like relieved. I'm like, ah, oh, because obviously we both do it for work as well. It's like, ah, oh, need a bit of a break from footy. Um, and uh, to be honest, this summer, the with the season swinging back round again, I'm of that opinion where like a little bit of me is looking forward to it coming back. But I'm also like, I kind of don't want to let go of last season because mm. if we're gonna if we're gonna be rubbish and average again, as we have been most of my life, um, <laughs> I almost don't want to let go of the twenty the twenty one twenty two campaign. Do you know what I mean? Like that was so amazing, and it's almost like once we start, once we get hammered six nil on the opening day, Erling Haaland double hat trick. Um, it's all like, oh, oh that, that's all over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I've been enjoying the no football, to be honest. I went to Wimbledon a few weeks ago for the first time ever. Um, and that cemented uh, tennis's place as one of my, or my least favourite mainstream sport. Um, it was a sort of, it was battling it out with cricket before but uh few of the test cricket matches this summer i proper like it tennis not the one you see, I've, i see i've had you down I, I saw your um your instagram when you were at wimbledon and i just i just naturally look at you and go tennis fan <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah particularly obviously you're wearing your you're wearing your shirt and your shorts and your yeah yeah yeah. And oh, you're, no, you're, you're looking very you're one. looking very preppy tennis yeah 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 um, and so I thought, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised Will's a tennis fan, but mm. it surprises me that you're not. I mean, I'm a big tennis fan. But Are you? Yeah, love it, absolutely love it. So, see, we're like sort of we, we've almost got it a bit arse about face here, haven't you? Because I'm a big tennis fan. <clears throat> sorry, I'm a big tennis fan, fashion fan. Right. Uh, or uh, the the look. I mean, I blended right in getting ready for Wimbledon. I was in my element. Um, yeah. Got the green, yeah. the green and white pinstripe shirt on. Uh, the stone linen trousers and the brown boat shoes. It was mm. it was a dream. Got the Ray Bans on, slicked the hair back a bit. Like, this, this, a yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Bit yeah. of strawberries and cream. This is what I'm made for. Um, the only problem is when I got there, although I blended in just fine, I did have to then watch tennis, which was a little bit of a drawback. Um, the highlight of the day. I did go on a more quiet day, to be fair. Uh, just got ground passes, didn't go into centre court or court one or anything like that. We did try to blag our way in, but it turns out there are people checking tickets, unlike mm. what I've been told before. But um, yeah, the highlight after watching some actually people playing tennis properly was a mixed doubles seniors exhibition event. Goran Ivanisevic um, and Marion Bartoli. Uh, against Mary Pierce and a Serbian guy whose name I can't pronounce, but who was in Novak Djokovic's box for the final. So I think he's quite famous. Um, and doing an exhibition whereby they're playing doubles like normal. Then people start jumping over the net. Two or three balls come out. The oversized balls come out. And I was like, this is more like it. Giving each other lair, talking to the crowd. It was more like the theatre. Um, and that was the highlight of my day, really. Tennis play properly, not the one. Um, other than that, mate, I'll be honest, I did sort of follow West Ham all um, all around Europe at the beginning of the year, did sort of burn me out both energy-wise and financial-wise. Um, so I haven't had anything too mad going on so far this summer, just sort of little days out here and there. 
um, a few different bits and pieces, seeing some friends, birthdays and and what have you. Um, so, yeah, just before you know it, you blink and the footy season's nearly swinging back yeah. around again. Coming around quickly, isn't it? Mm. Um, third degree burn sounds absolutely awful, mate. As a sun sunburn fan, uh, as I am, I'm big on the sunburn hype most times. Uh, the, the more haggard it's making me, though, the more inclined I am to wear sun cream in my older age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd it, talk me through that story just briefly before we move on. Well, to cut a long story short, and this is a lesson to anyone listening that has got a stag do coming up, uh, mm. in a hot country is um, if you have the choice to if you need to sleep and the choice is some bed by the pool or hotel room always mm. choose the hotel room <laughs> um, I, I, I had arrived about eight, eight or nine hours after everyone else on this stag thing so by the time I got there they were by the pool at the bar absolutely smashed and I thought I've got some catching up to do here because I travelled out on my own um, so I went hard that first night no one went to sleep we then by the pool bar the following morning at about eight or nine o'clock. So wait for it, wait for it to open. I said, "Well, why are we why are we open? Why are we wait for it to open? I'm going to go and sit on that sunbed, which is in the shade, mm. and I might see if I can get an hour's kip or something, just chill out for a little bit." Um, about four or five hours later, I wake up in the sun. By this point, because you also need to remember that the sun moves as the day, mm. the hours tick. Another the sun goes. Tip. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, and I woke up in the sun, and the moment my eyes opened, I knew straight away my legs were in the sun. The top half of my body was still in the shade. And uh, I knew straight away that uh, the stag do was going to be significantly different to the one that I'd initially thought it would, would go down. And I then couldn't walk for about 24, 36 hours. Barely. Third degree burns, mate. That is... Uh, it, Jesus. They, they, they just got redder and redder and redder, and they got they started swelling up a lot, and... Um, where I had one leg resting over the other, half of one leg was burnt and absolutely fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture after, but it was Pop so like sick. the old Blackburn Rovers away kit, red a little on bit, one yeah, side, white on the other, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, to the point where it was so so significant the, the contrast mm. that I got talking to someone on our last day by the pool, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, I saw you walk past me yesterday." She said, "I thought it was just a birthmark." And I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's like serious leg burns. Your leg. Um, she was like, oh, just, it just looks so pronounced. I thought it was a birthmark. So, um, yeah, I managed to get home okay after spending four days in the shade in the end. Um, mm. And then got home and then had about a week to 10 days of it all just, my, my legs just peeling. I was like a snake. You know, <laughs> just shedding um, layers. Just shedding skin. You know, some skin, some bits of skin I was pinning off my leg were a good two or three inches long. Um yeah, pretty grim to be fair. That mate. is that is a bit Brit abroad stuff. Brits abroad there, they mate, isn't it? Do yeah, you know I mean? and the worst thing is, is it's the second time I've done it. <laughs> the first time I did it was about eight years ago on the day before I planned to propose to Lucy in Spain. So, so you got to get down on one knee the day. I, after, yeah. The following morning, I did. I fell asleep in the sun. Um, following morning on the day I knew I was going to do it, she was still asleep. I was practicing the best way of getting down on one knee without it hurting so much in the mirror. Uh, and I'm looking at myself going, you're such an idiot. Why have you done this? <laughs> all the days. Um, and then when I finally got around to doing it that evening, she had to help me back up. So, yeah. Oh my God. So, um, yeah, you think I would have learned the first time. Eight years later, I did it again. So, mm. yeah. 
There you go, just eight year cycle. Fair enough, mate. Can you just remind me the things you said um, uh, when I said what you've been up to? Can you just remind me the things you said other than the stag do? Because I had a really engaging question on one of the others, but it's completely slipped my mind. You um, said about the wedding in Ireland. Wedding in Ireland. Um, birthday at the weekend. That was it. That was it. Jonesy, yeah. of course, your birthday. How could I forget that? So um don't worry anyone listening i haven't been completely inconsiderate uh this isn't the first time i spoke to jonesy sent him a uh wonderful and dear and charming little uh musical voice note you got on your birthday jonesy yeah. um but i did sort of feel the need not to kick you while you're trying to celebrate but to ask uh the question all of the all of the, the listeners would have been asking especially those who follow you on twitter um are you really only 34 <laughs> Amazingly, yes. <laughs> I, I thought you were like considerably older than me, and it turns out you're three and a half years older than me. Yeah, no, so much so. And a massive ego boost. I was in the pub on Saturday night on my actual birthday. Yeah. And um, the, the bar lady, uh, she joked with me and said, oh, over 18, are you? As a, as a joke. Mm. And I was like, well, I'll have you know, it's actually my 34th birthday today. And mm. her exact words were, Absolutely not. You don't look a day over t- day over twenty seven, and I was like, "Thank you very much." And she was being well, completely serious. She went, "I am absolutely <laughs> shocked that you're thirty four," and I was like, "I am coming here again, hundred <laughs> percent." Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although your use of "absolutely not" there, uh, that that was my exact reaction to that story. By the way, just didn't. Have. If you um, follow that Twitter account, uh, did not happen of the year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most annoying thing is by that time, about half an hour, 20 minutes earlier, Lucy decided to take Harrison home. Yeah. So I was there on my own. Um, mm, so no even, I mean, not, even Lucy looked at me and went, Really? And I was like, well, well, Next time we're there, I'm going to ask the barmaid to, to, to yeah. relay it. Were you waiting for anyone else? It yeah, I was waiting for my neighbour. Oh, right. Okay. Because yeah. it feels a little bit unbelievable that your wife and son would just abandon you in the pub on your own on your birthday <laughs> yeah no they, no they went to harrison had to go to bed and um yeah. my neighbor was like oh, i'll pop up in a bit so um i thought oh, i might yeah, as well know about it and um the barmaid gave me a massive ego boost so days, so what did you do what did you do for your birthday then any elaborate celebrations or no just um pretty chilled took harrison to the park on saturday enjoyed the sun yeah. uh went out to the pub in the evening and yesterday had a barbecue with the family so yeah lovely lovely stuff well happy birthday for the other day jonesy um yeah i just had nice having a little catch up um i suppose we better talk about west ham this is what we're here for uh just to let everyone know as well that the podcast this season me and jonesy obviously been chatting over the summer um and there'll be a couple of little changes nothing too Huge, of course, but we've had a, had a chat about a few things and uh, we've made the decision primarily um, to, first of all, to streamline the pod. Uh, believe it or not, we always have had a running order and uh, and a rough structure to what we try and do on this podcast. But as Jonesy uh, quite appropriately pointed out to me on the phone the other day at the AGM, the We Are West Ham uh, annual general meeting, consisting just of a phone call between me and Jonesy, no swanky elaborate boardrooms or anything like that. Um, that some of the, you know, sometimes some of the reaction pieces we do take on going to 45 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Um, and both Jonesy and I, I got a new job in January, which has made our schedules 
um, a lot more difficult to to tally up with each other, and so we can do the do the pod. Uh, I'm working a lot of nights. Josie works days, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, which just makes it very, very awkward. So we do need to be a bit more strict on the length. So you should get used to um, listening to podcasts this season, where hopefully. Jonesy, we're targeting around this sort of hour mark rather than some of them which uh, which balloon into two hours plus. Obviously, when we do that, as well as the actual recording, the, the prep and the editing and all that sort of stuff for episodes of that length. Uh, takes a big old chunk out of our week. So we have had to streamline. We're in discussion still with a couple of um, our partners, as both the sponsors and Betway. Uh, who we've had the fantastic charity bet um, scheme with the last couple of years, raise another a great amount of money through that last year. Um, so they may not, those things may not be in place for the very first game of the season. They may be, um, but yeah, th- those things might may change in the first couple of weeks. And we have had to make the tough decision, Jonesy, haven't we? To um, we're going to drop the the West Ham women. Section. Unfortunately, as we said, we did have to streamline it somewhere. We didn't want to have to drop the charity bets because we've, we've obviously raised so much money through that. This is primarily um, a podcast uh, surrounding West Ham United as a football club, but obviously primarily the men's team. So with another season of European football, most weeks or often it's going to be two sections of reviewing the games that have gone before uh, and often two opposition view preview sections as well um so we were trying to streamline somewhat unfortunately we had to cut somewhere and if we look through our listening figures and, and the stats and the data that we get for um you know the the the, the sections of the podcast people listen to the most the youtube channel data etc etc where there wasn't a huge appetite um for that so we have had to make that tough decision so very sorry if um you tune into the uh, the West End Women's section, but that will not be here for the upcoming season. And there may be a couple of other little tweaks um, in the future. And hopefully you'll hear me and Josie talking a bit tighter. And on that note, I'm already one minute and 18 seconds over my allotted time for this introduction. So in the, uh, yeah, in the interests of, of this new leaf of tight talking that me and Josie have turned over, uh, that's all for the intro of mine and Josie's little catch up. And we'll have a look back at some of the preseason friendlies next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Jonesy, one thing you didn't mention in your recap of your summer was your trip to your local team, Boreham Wood, to watch a West Ham United 11 visit. Um, We split the team that day, I believe. Um, One team went to Ipswich, one team to Boreham Wood. You popped along, managed to get yourself a ticket somehow. Um, Yeah, talk me through it. Yeah, first of all, it's very weird um, seeing a load of West Ham fans just sort of Open about Boreham Wood. I'm sorry, I felt more at home than I ever have done, um, which was nice. But quite disappointed in the squad that went there. We had Lanzini and Ben Rama. Uh, Ogbonna came off the bench in the second half, but 
most most of it was just youngsters. Um, and I was hoping for for a few for a few more first team players. Declan Rice was in the crowd. Um, he I saw I saw him being chased away at half time by a load of adoring fans. <laughs> Screaming deck, and he's he's running away with all his security car, uh, his security team into the car. But um, really, yeah, yeah. I mean, really? he was signing, he was signing autographs. He must yeah. have he must have needed to shoot off quickly, right? And was do, running back to the car. But um, obviously, as he's running away, I walked out the bar area, get my half time mm-hmm. pint, and all I hear is like screaming kids, at him, kids, kids screaming deck, and I was like, oh, Declan Rice is about, and then saw him running, and then like, loads of kids running after him with his security guys <laughs> running after him. Uh, but then there were pictures that emerged that he was signing autographs just before. So, um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was quite a good game of football. Um, difficult to really gauge where we we're at when it's half the when the majority of being the youth team. But within five minutes, you could see the the gulf in in quality when Lanzini and Ben Rama uh, linked up in midfield, and they were like just you could tell straight away they were Premier League players because you mm-hmm. you're really up close to the pitch there as well. Um, and they were literally running rings around all sorts of Barama players. It was, you know, <clears throat> Ben Ryan was nutmegging blokes and, and all sorts. And um, but yeah, it was a good it's game. Only one all, wasn't it? Yeah, it ended one all. They scored a late a late equaliser. Um, ben Ryan has got a free kick right in front of us, which is good. Um, but yeah, it was. It's, obviously, I mean, I've, I've, I say it every year, but we, we can't. The results aren't a thing in pre season, where they shouldn't be a thing. Um. Fans get way too carried away with form and results in pre-season. Um, it's literally about tactics. It's literally mm. about fitness. But that game in particular just didn't really feel like it was anything at all other than let's go and play Bromwood. Really? It, it was like you had, you had four first-team players in the squad who would have been annoyed that they weren't over at Ipswich. Like if I was Ben Rama and Lantini, they'd be like, hang on, what? What am I doing here? Why am I? Why? Why? Well, because the rest of the first team squad over there, they've been piled in with the kids to go and play non-league Boreham Wood, mm. and it just felt like it was just it was a game for the for the sake of having a game of football rather than a, a, a productive pre-season friendly. Right. But do you know what I mean? Like, it just, of, yeah, it, I, well, I don't know why they'd arrange it, but four first team players, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. With with a load of, I mean, Elise played, and then what? Three days later, he was sold to Sunderland. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's the point of that? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I thought, oh, maybe some of these youngsters, you know, they might have, they might get first team chance, hmm. um, and that's why they're kind of, you know, they're being used in this in this particular way. But in the end, one gets sold three days later, and uh, the others have featured since. But it just felt like, mm, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah. Good, good little run out for for the boys. Just mm. saying, but yeah. yeah. Well, that 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 game um, came after a two nil away win uh, at Servette. Um, yeah, the one all draw of Boreham on the same day we beat Ipswich away two one before a one all draw away at Reading three uh, one Tonking at Rangers uh, a one all draw on Saturday to Luton uh, going ahead threw away the lead in the last minute um, and then we play Long. Oh, Lons, Lens, Lons, um, on Saturday, this Saturday coming. Um, Jonesy, be honest, and I've said this to you before on a few issues, and I know it doesn't help um, the fact that uh, I host the West Ham podcast with you, a very well listened to, very well liked, very well supported West Ham podcast with you. It's not always a great thing 
when I struggle to get excited about certain bits of supporting um, West Ham. Preseason is one of them. I really like, I'm in a couple of West Ham group chats. Uh, one very, very active one from my hometown of Southwood and Ferrers. And honestly, they're, oh, I've basically muted it for the summer because I just don't, I'm just, especially the friendlies, everyone's the other day on there going, oh God, when we conceded a last minute go away to Luton to draw. And I'm like, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. All yeah. I want, like you said, no injuries to big players. That's important. Other than that, I really don't care what happens. And I've said this season upon season and I've got grief about it. I've been saying it since the Love Sport Radio days. I don't care what happens in pre-season at mm. all, as long as none of our big players get injured and they are fit enough to start the Premier League season when it will start mattering. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, exactly the same. Like, I got a notification on, on Saturday when Luton get that last-minute equaliser. And any if that's if that's a league game that ruins my weekend, probably my week. Right? <laughs> what on earth are you doing? You can't beat Luton more than you know, like you, you'd conceding that against Luton Town full team. <laughs> yeah. But it literally flashed off my phone when I'm in the pub. I looked at it and I kind of just went, ah, ah whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. To the bar. Yeah. Right, that training that, game is finished. Yeah. 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 I, I literally, don't care what the result is. <laughs> yeah. All I care about is injury injuries. No, brilliant. That's a bonus. And you know the team are kind of getting fitter again and, and match yeah, fit yeah, ready yeah. for the first game of the season. The result, like if if I can have it my way, scrap score lines. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't do report the score. Drills. Don't report the score line. Just you know, go. Ah, oh, West Ham played Luton in a friendly. West Ham played Luton. There were some goals. There were some goals, but we won't passes. tell you just in case you get upset for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like, just forget yeah. about the scoreline and just worry about yeah. the fact that the players have come through unscathed. And, um, yeah. yeah. They should do that, didn't they? Instead of like, it was West uh, Luton one, West Ham one, just do like an injury scoreline. So, yeah. uh, and fans of both teams will be delighted to hear it was nil-nil at Kenilworth Road today. Uh, there were some goals scored, but on injuries... Uh, it was it was nil apiece. So uh, yeah, delightful stuff. Both fans will be absolutely <laughs> buzzing with that nil nil. Yeah. Um, and they move on to the next preseason, hoping for more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, so have you have you watched? Uh, have you sort of been keeping an eye on on the games? We played Rangers the other day. I see a few fans up there for for that one. Um, you sort of keeping an eye on watching a few bits. I've watched bits of the first one against Servet. Um, mm. Maybe sort of, maybe an hour's worth of that um, on a stream, uh, and then I watched the first half of the Rangers game. The good half, um, mm. but even then, like still the goals going. I think they were three them up within the hour after it was nearly about half time, and then Rangers scored three quick goals. And so, don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I, go, yeah. I, go, I go on yeah. Twitter. I go on Twitter, and there's people in meltdown, absolute meltdown. Oh, it's a disgrace. Oh, we need to buy more players. It's so clear that we're... Well, that is true, but yeah. I mean, it's true, but come on. But like, I still don't give a stuff. Like, Rangers, I think, are 10 days ahead of us in, in their pre-season preparations. The season starts week before ours. Right. So, of course, they're a little bit fitter, a little bit more prepared. Um, and my, all of our best players got given what, two weeks extra off. So, they're only mm. just getting back to full fitness. So, of course, it's not going to be perfect. Oh, no. 
relax, chill out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do about... something else for yeah. the summer. Yeah, the best yeah. thing about that game um, was... Don't go and watch tennis, though, sorry. Yeah. The best thing about that game was, was just the you know, the way that the Rangers and West Ham fans came together. I've seen a lot of video videos mm. of you know, everyone kind of mingling and Rangers fans singing bubbles and West Ham fans getting involved with, with their songs. And my brother was up there. Um, and he said, "Yeah, it was like there was it was like no home or away, like divide. Obviously, there was in the stadium, but like in and around the stadium in the pubs, it was just everyone was welcome and everyone was having a great time. And um, I thought that was quite nice. Was Can quite nice. you? Are you able to... been at the Europa League final if we'd have, if, if, what yeah. hundred thousand Rangers and West Ham fans in Seville? It would have been so good. Can you can you shine any light on that?" On that sort of bromance, I understand the Manchester City one. Um, I'm sort of a bit wary if it's a I don't know alliance or anything like that, but um, it probably I'm not is really sure. I don't know where that has borne out of. No, I don't know. Um, I, I wonder whether Rangers fans were because there was a lot of West Ham fans with accommodation and and flights to to Seville True. for the final. I was, one of them. I was one of them yeah. and sold, sold my, my hotel room to a Rangers fan. Uh, at face value, wasn't interested in making a profit, no. um, and he was incredibly thankful. Mm. He was like, "I want to take you to a game at, um, at Ibrox next season to say thanks because you could have fleeced me there, and you didn't." Mm. I saw a lot of that going on. Is that West Ham fans? They weren't, you know, we weren't trying to, you know, make no, it no, 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 sure, range. yeah. So maybe there was a lot of kind of a lot of mutual respect as well from from the Rangers fans that kind of you know respected a lot of West Ham fans for going and you know, sorting them out for for the final. Yeah, but, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, look, I mean, it seems to have been a a reasonable pre-season campaign so far. Uh, yeah, wraps up with this away game at Lons, Lens, Lons, Lons on Saturday. Um, the Jonesy, the the season kicks off the week after that against Manchester City. On a scale of uh, zero to zero out of ten. Uh, how surprised were you that we drew um, last season's champions on the opening day? Just a break um, and flipping after we had one year off. Uh, that now makes it what, seven, seven in the last eight years that we've yeah. had a top six side on the opening day of the season. Gave us a break with Newcastle last year and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, West Ham doing well and kicking off the season well. Look, they flipping got into Europe. Have I got that wrong? No, no, that was right. That was right. Yeah, right. Newcastle. Yeah. It was Newcastle we beat, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, um, absolutely not surprised whatsoever, mate, if I'm honest. No, no, of course not. It's absolutely it's pathetic. It flashes up in your phone. You're just like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, we're at home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only surprise, really. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, how's it going? Watch us. Yeah. Um, yeah, travesty, mate. So, stay with us. A little bit of transfer chat. Lol, next. Transfers, James Jones. Transfers, transfers, transfers. Uh, another part of the West Ham supporting experience that I'm certainly not alone um, in absolutely hating. Uh, I'm not a fan of transfer windows anyway. Um, every time it swings around again, it, it confuses and baffles me, the amount of football fans, not just West Ham fans, but football fans as a whole, who absolutely hoover up transfer stories. Uh, and transfer rumours and transfer news, blah, blah, blah. More so, it seems often, that the actual games of football that these signings end up playing or not playing or whatever, 
mm. for the clubs that they're rumoured to to be moving to, blah, blah, blah. My stance has always been, and I'm aware I'm sounding a bit bar humbug on this show today, but I don't like pre-season and I don't like transfers. Give me the Premier League and the Europa League and winning games of football that matter any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I actually like, and that's why I like supporting my stand. Um, but, yeah, to transfer-wise... Um, it just it just confuses me, quite honestly, that people get so pent up with, with who their teams might sign. My stance, as you know, has always been when the player has signed for West Ham and I can see the picture of him holding up the shirt and he's telling... Uh, so he's looking down the camera of someone on the West Ham social media team and going, oh, come on, Irons, or whatever <laughs> it is, or saying that he's always loved bubbles. And it's been a lifelong dream to blow bubbles at London Upton Park Stadium or whatever it is. Um, you know, then I'll do a bit of reading up and I'll get a bit interested. But especially supported by Stan, I've got absolutely zero appetite and interest or energy to listen to all these sort of half-baked rumours all the time. It's just stressful, mate. Like I say, I mentioned that group chat. And I've muted it. So I go on at the end of the day, more so just to clear the notifications and anything rather than actually read the messages. And these are like normal, salient, normal blokes, mates of mine, friends of us who grew up in the same environment as, absolutely losing the plot because they've read a half-baked transfer rumour that West Ham aren't willing to pay, da-da-da. And then it's like a big meltdown about how much they hate David Sullivan and... Blah blah blah, and oh, I know there's there's sort of legs in some of those feelings, but like they're just from like you know um, random little fifth spotty sixteen year old kids on on Twitter who will tweet something about West Ham refusing to pay the wages for Lingard or whatever, like zero substance to it or whatever. And it's, there's people having an absolute breakdown about it. Um, so that is my stance. I know you're a bit more into it than me. Uh, West Ham's transfer window so far. Um, arrivals, Nea Fagued, Flynn Downs, Alphonse Areola uh, on a permanent deal. Uh, Nathan Trotz also returns from loan and signs a new deal as well, a goalkeeper. Uh, departures, Andre Yarmolenko went, obviously, as is Ryan Fredericks. Mark Noble retired. David Martin released. Uh, and Alex Kral, your curly-haired mate, um, back to Spartak Moscow. Uh, when his loan finished, one of the weirdest loans the world's ever seen. So, thoughts, Jonesy, on transfers in general, West Ham's window so far, um, and then we'll move on in a minute against my better judgment um, about who we might sign before the end of the window. Well, first off, I'll say I do kind of agree. I've, I've always kind of agreed with you in terms of. Uh, the transfer window is one of the, the most painful periods of any West Ham fans season, um, any normal West Ham fan season, because 99% of transfer rumours are complete and utter made up rubbish anyway. Right? But people need to understand that. You know, that you, you'll see fans go, oh, we've been linked with everyone, but we're not signing anyone. It's like, you do realise that the club's probably not interested in most of those players that we've been linked mm. with in the media. Yeah. Like those, those names are not on the shortlist. And you know what, mate? One so thing I will say... You can't blame the club for not signing a player that the media that are interested in when they're not actually interested yeah. in them. And you've got to remember that, that even if the story does come from somewhere, um, 
Like, you know, there, just, there are lots of legitimate, more mainstream journalists or whatever who report this news. And a lot of the time, um, sort of being a little bit closer, a lot of the time it's agents will feed stories to journalists. It's how sounds so have, have been in touch. Sounds so are looking at looking at my client here and the journalist will publish a story and it could just be a ploy from, from the agent. Obviously the better journalists get, a, get more of an idea on, um, you know, what's, what sources are legit and, and what stories are legit and the ones they run, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's why you've got, there, there are journals that, that fans follow more so for reliable transfer news because they're better connected and they're a better judge of, of their sources. But um, yeah, so a lot of it, 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 it's, even if it's not made up, it might've come from somewhere, but it might've just come from agents or, or mm. clubs trying to put a line out or, you know, we've, we've obviously had it before, haven't we? We've, with yeah. David Sullivan and stuff doing interviews of himself or leaking things to Jim White at talk sport. Oh yeah. We've had an X million pound rejected for this player. Which ends up making us look silly. But carry on, James. Sorry. No, I, I, I think it's it's more pronounced this this summer, particularly on social media, because of just the sheer desperation of West Ham and David Moyes adding players to the squad. We're not going to talk about you know in too much depth, but we all know how how much squad depth cost us last season. Top six yeah. and probably the final, if not the Europa League trophy. Um, yeah. We've spoken about that a lot in the past, but so the season end of season review, we looked into it, didn't we? We didn't yeah. win a game after that, uh, or barely won a game or whatever. After on that one Leon, after Leon, yeah, something like that. So, like, it was clear that that was an issue. Um, we played fifty-seven games last season. Hmm. We could play the same amount of games this coming season. Hopefully, Some players yeah. will play more if they go to the World Cup. You know, you're looking at sixty-five potential sixty-five fixtures um, for some of the players in the squad. So we need depth. So we need to buy players. It's, Yes, we need a striker. So you can understand uh, some fans getting a little bit worried about, you know, less than two weeks before City at home. I've got a striker yet. Um, Probably need a left back. So there's things to be done. Everyone knows that. But you go go on social media and there's fans literally, like, if you were in the same room as them, you'd be be worried about their their mental health. And like, you'd be like, you're okay, you you need to calm down. People like slagging a club off, like it was like mid middle of June, and you had fans accusing the club of lacking ambition. Do you remember that we were chatting? I think it was the end of last season. Tweets going out before the transfer window had opened. Yeah, yeah. Like slagging the club off for not having yeah. signed anyone. But this is the problem: is that this when the whole Lingard thing blew up, and you know, one I think it was last Wednesday, it was expected that he'd be a West Ham player by Friday. I'd spoken to a couple of couple of guys who were like, "It's done." He's picked West Ham. Forrest come out of nowhere and take him because he wants an extra 50 grand a week or whatever it was. Don't blame him for that, by the way. Um, so he's gone there and uh, you've suddenly got a load of fans going, oh, you know, this is ridiculous. We desperately need players. Uh, why have we taken so long to try and sign him when we could have, you know, started, like, it's just such a silly thing for West Ham to do. Obviously, a lot of people are in a pop at Lingard at the same time. But then this morning, I've gone onto it and I've seen fans go, Apparently, we're about to sign Gianluca Scamacca from Sassuolo. Um, apparently, he's flying into London today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure um, is. Zielinski, um, potentially still interested in Brozier or Nana. 
there's so many players that West Ham are on the verge of signing at some point before next Sunday. Mm. And uh, then on the back of all these like rumours that like, things deals are close, deals are close, you've literally got fans going, this is ambition. This is the ambition that we were looking for. It's like less than a week ago, you were snagging the club off. <laughs> and I imagine if we spent 110 million on these three players. It's like we're not spending 110 million pounds on three players for a start. Ain't gonna happen. Not happening. No. Um, but then just chill out. Relax. Relax. <laughs> what will be will be when the, when the end of the transfer window comes around on the 1st of September, at was it 11 pm or whatever it is, if we aren't ready to play 50 fixtures mm. comfortably on the 1st of September at 11 pm or 5 pm, whenever the deadline is, then you can start at pointing your finger at people and going, I've, I've seen people crazy. Tra- tra- <laughs> your, twi- your Twitter finger. Yeah. Rob Newman is like, he can't do no wrong in some fans' eyes this morning. Yeah. Like, so hang on, six months ago, you were kind of, So for those who don't know, Rob Newman, Jonesy's the. Uh... He's the head of recruitment now. Yeah. Uh, and we were all asking questions about what he was actually doing at the club back in January. And some people were even pointing fingers at him at the beginning of the summer. I've, I've seen someone on Twitter going, finally, we're seeing the, the merits of Rob Newman's ability in the transfer window. What are you talking about? I don't understand. I don't understand. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's heightened by the fact that we've never been more desperate to, to pack our squad with, with players. Mm. But, the same well, yeah, time, but that's what I find funny. There's unnecessary hysteria. One deal doesn't happen and literally people lose their minds. Mm. Um, but so, at the moment, Jonesy, I'm going to put this to you. At the moment, we are going to have... Less first team squad members than yeah. last year. Yeah. All right. Granted, you can promote youngsters or whatever, and hopefully, maybe they're ready. Um, one of the ones that looked like he might be ready, AJ at least, he just been sold. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I've um, it. I just, it's, it's, I think, to be honest, it's undeniable, like you said, that the squad depth meant last season couldn't have been even more historic and amazing than it was. Um, I appreciate the need to balance the books. And and I honestly think, for the first time, I honestly get the impression, as far as last season goes, I, I don't know so much this summer. I'm not so sure. But I genuinely get the impression that I think it was actually, I lean more to the side of it being Moisey who was fussy I know people love to slag the board out, but there was a couple of things, and it's it's weird, it's a weird behaviour from um, the West Ham board or whatever. But there's a couple of of pieces that were written um, in mainstream newspapers, like columns or editorials or whatever, saying, "Ah, oh, you know, it's this poor that West Ham uh, haven't uh, like made money available to David Moyes, blah blah blah, when he's done such a good job." Uh, and there were apologies written in, you know, in, in prominent uh, newspapers and, and national sports pages, websites, blah, 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 after legal letters or whatever. Um, and you don't do that, although it's, it seems ridiculous that, you know, legal letters come from West Ham saying, actually, the board did make money available. West Ham fans look at that and it seems petty, a bit like with the uh, the Sunday supplement apology, mm. which was a shambles. Um, 
they look at that and it seems it seems petty. But you don't do that unless it's true. Do you know what I mean? You don't go down the legal route unless you're totally sound. And I, I do genuinely get the impression that Moisey was fussy before. And look, he's, he's done so much good things for the club that it's hard to run him down. But if once again, at the beginning of a European campaign, we are short on bodies again, then... You, you've got you've got to point the finger at him again, haven't you? I, I think, yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I don't think we will be short on bodies. Uh, I think, yeah, going into that first <laughs> first blind game, faith. first in that first game, we probably it will go into that still needing one or two players. But by the end of the window, we've still got five weeks for the end of the transfer window. Mm. Um, we'll have we'll have players for the door, and I'm I'm convinced we'll have a, a, a larger squad than we did uh, last season. Uh, what people are forgetting is that in years gone by, the, the final decision on transfers has ultimately been David Sullivan's because he was the majority shareholder. He's no longer the majority shareholder. Because Kratinsky's come in, what, bought 27% of the club or whatever. So he's no longer majority shareholder at the club. So it goes. To, the decisions go to the board now. Um, so that's a, that's a bonus, really. But a lot of fans are going, oh, David Sullivan's been tight again. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I, th- I think David Moyes and Newman have far bigger say than they probably ever have, mm. uh, particularly David Moyes, on who comes and who goes. Obviously, the final, the, the finances and that are sorted out by the board. Mm. Uh, but they've got the final say on, on who, who comes and who goes. Uh, so ultimately, the finger has to go to the has to be pointed at them if things go wrong, you know, this time next month. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I just think a lot of it, a lot of people are, are, are allowing themselves to get upset over things that aren't actually true, uh, and more importantly, are completely out of their own control. Right. Um, Can I just sorry, James, just to correct you, I, I just I've just it flagged up. The when you say he's not the majority shareholder, I don't, uh, at the moment David Sullivan owns thirty eight point eight percent of West Ham. David Gold twenty five point one. Uh, WHU LLC, which is um, Albert J Smith, the American guy, eight percent. Other investors one point one percent, and eighteen nineties holdings, uh, which is Daniel Kratinsky, is twenty seven percent. So David yeah. Sullivan still owns the most, but it's not a controlling stake. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He's no longer a, a controlled shareholder. It's probably the uh, controlling shareholder, which is probably the terminology I should have used. But yeah, that's essentially. Yeah. It. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's essentially it. He doesn't. Yeah. It means he doesn't get the he's final not, say. He's not the one hundred percent guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. He can't. He can't sign sign it off. Always to go go to the board and everyone has their say yeah. on it and everyone has a vote to it. Um. But yeah, yeah. I just think um, you know, we 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 just need to take a step back and go. Well, you know, it's out of our control, first and foremost. So mm. chill out. Secondly, it's not our money. So well, some of it is. Some of it is, but I mean, it's not really. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't care whether we pay fifty million or fifty quid for a player. Like, like. Cup record fee, you're like, okay, the geezer must be good, but I'm not really that bothered about the fee. Especially in Hell Air. Yeah. It's you know. so like, oh, that's a lot of money for a player, but I don't really care. It, we could have paid 25 quid for him and it wouldn't have bothered me. Hmm. Um, Craig Dawson, example. Yeah. S- selling players is a little bit different because 
you want the club to get the best deal possible for your best assets, i.e. Declan Rice in the future. And i.e. laughably, Grady Garner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you want <laughs> what a deal. You want players to um, you know, you want the club to, to profit out of these out of these deals. But in terms of what they spend the money on, it's like whatever, I don't really care. Mm. Um the other one I've got a gripe on is loans. There was the rumours that we were gonna loan Brozier rather than pay thirty million quid for him. And everyone's like, No, what are you doing? It's like, man, that's a better deal. Because if he turns out to be rubbish, we go and yeah. keep him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep him. Loans are the best thing to happen yeah, in football. Yeah. Well, loan a with an option to buy. With an option to buy, yeah. You want to yeah. try and get that clause in if you can. But if you can't... They're the one, aren't they? Um, but loans are the best thing since it starts spreading football for, for football clubs because it's like, well, great. I'll try before I buy. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. But you can ask, oh, like, I think there was a there was a couple of years ago where fans were calling West Ham Loan FC. We were trying to loan everyone. And it was like, well, you know, probably okay. it's actually quite a good deal yeah. really, if you can do it. Probably quite a good idea, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But other than that, we're, we're on the verge of signing some players, mate. So, Right, well, days. talk to me. Come on in, Jonesy, because um, you'll appreciate mine and many... West Ham fans' scepticism or cynicism around such like bold statements, uh, obviously coming from an esteemed podcaster uh, such as yourself, uh, it may come with somewhat more gravitas, but I'm afraid you're still going to need to back that up with uh, some either information or just, just convince the doubters, of which I am one, um, that these deals are close. Gianluca Scamacca is the one that's been rumbling on for days now, it seems. Um, I'd just like to note, by the way, with the Lingard thing, I heard a little whisper um, that the... Because David Moyes at the start of the summer was quite uh, adamant that he was like, no, you know what, we're not that worried. We'd like to have him back, but we're not going to chase him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then since then that stance appeared to have changed. Uh, the club were willing to uh, to sanction the um, sanction a deal for Jesse uh, up to a certain level. Um, Jesse wanted more than that. And there was some sort of internal uh, discussions, shall we say, internal discussions at the club um, as to... You know, for sort of Moisey's stance seemed to change the more the summer went on, as far as you know, not necessarily willing to chase him, blah blah blah, um, and was was more and more keen. But on that Lingard thing, before we move on to who else we might sign, I'd just like to say right now that I am absolutely okay with us not having signed Jesse Lingard mm. at the sort of money they're talking about him getting at Nottingham Forest. I don't think he was that asked about. He's clearly not not that asked about West Ham, as much as he liked to pretend that he was. He didn't. He could have. He had a chance to come back to us uh, well, on two occasions after the the last season finished. Mm-hmm. He could have come in the summer, no and I sort of understand if he had a conversation with Solskjaer, who said he's got half a chance of getting in the team. Then fair enough, because he did play well for us. That was the point of it. But then when he clearly wasn't, he could have come in January. Chose not to do that. And just to sit on sit on his United and do nothing at United for the last six months of his deal. Um, and then this summer, it's like West Ham, I know for a fact it was a reasonable, like it was a decent package. It certainly wasn't to be sneezed at. And it's not something that if you heard the numbers, you'd go, 
oh blimey that's a bit much for Lingard or oh that's that's a bit cheap it was neat it was like a fair enough like understanding as well that he was a free transfer so you're not paying the transfer fee um like it was a decent old it was a decent old hit and not a million miles away from um what he was after uh, when West Ham were interested in January and and before that um and then the numbers, the figures that he's, he's report, he's just held out, gone to Nottingham Forest. You can't tell me that that football project is better. And all right, it's a decent old like bit of money extra every week. And it's okay. But all of this stuff, you know, that he loves West Ham and he wants to come home and all that sort of rubbish. I am personally really pleased that he hasn't come back. I, I, I was of the, my thought was if we get him, he's a good, it's, a, it's, a, it's another, it's another body. Uh, it's a good player to have in the squad. He knows the, he's not going to need any bedding in period. Like he's not going to have to settle in. Like he knows the players, he knows the manager, he knows the area, he knows the club. Uh, so I thought, okay, on a free transfer, it's a good bit of business if we can get him in. But if we don't get him, then you know we did all right last season without him. Um, so we did phenomenally he, last season without him. Yeah, is he is he really gonna? He's not going to take us to the next level. It's not a signing. It's not a free transfer that you go, blimey, have we done that? Have we pulled it? He's going to significantly improve us. Yeah. So, and there's no guarantee he delivers the same level of performance. Well, that's he it. I mean, time round. He's got less to prove now. He's not getting that was always the squad. concern. That if we bring him back, fans are automatically going to expect the Jesse Lingard that we had the second half of yeah. 2021 season. Um, and it was never going to happen. Yeah, he might have the odd, the odd really good game. Uh, the fact he's gone for, to Forest says a lot about the type of, well, a lot about his, his ambition as a footballer, mm. uh, particularly as it's a one-year deal as well. He's gone, I'm going to a relegation candidate. I'm coming for the extra money, but I'm also, I'm not hanging about if we go down, so I want a one-year deal or nothing. Right? Um, God, no, no idea what Forrest are thinking for a start and the amount of money that's costing them. Uh, and, their, their, their highest earner, I understand. I maybe, maybe I'm pretty sure. I understand their highest earner last season was nineteen thousand pounds a week. This, this is the problem, mate, if the if so... the reports of the figures, it's, it's at least six times more he's yeah. getting at, at, than their highest earner. You've got you've got ten ten new player, ten players that arrived before him this summer. Uh, Guarantee, no, none of them are anywhere near the money he's on now. If I'm mm. one of those new signings that have arrived for say 19 grand a week, I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking at going. Hang on, I've just signed for the club. Sorry, I think that well, was at the end of last season, like news. So there's but, wages at the end of last season. So say say I've, say I've signed for the club this summer on roughly mm. 19 grand a week, 20 grand a week. Which wouldn't be out of the question, really, given they've only just come up. Yeah, they might have a little bit of money. <laughs> what, you signed in for them for that money? I yeah, thought yeah, I would say that is out of the question, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, still, I reckon I can still do it. I do have a Pretty goal, of, I do have a goal at a Premier League grand. 19 so. grand a week, yeah, go on. But yeah, um, if I'm one of those new players coming in, even if it's more than 19 grand a week, I'm still looking at the club going, hang on. Why, have he, why is he coming and earning six times more than me? Mm. Straight off the bat. So there's going to be players in that squad that aren't going to be best pleased the fact that Jesse Lingard's arrived on the money that he's on and he's only got a one-year deal. Mm. Now it's a one-year deal, I'm less baffled by Nottingham Forest doing the deal. When it first came out, it was a three-year deal. I was like, what on earth are you doing? 
because if you go down, you've got a very expensive problem on your hands and no one's mm. taking him at the money he's on uh, after one year, a uh, 30-year-old and that sort of money. So it's a one-year deal. They'll wash their hands of him probably in a year's time. Mm. But uh, it's what it is. I think we've dodged a bullet given the fact he's picked them over us. Definitely, um, mate. Definitely. And he's clearly he's gone for the money. Uh, but it's led to me having a really weird, irrational dislike to Nottingham Forest and their fans now. <laughs> some, some of their fans on social media, oh my <laughs> word. Like, I literally just tweeted it, but I was like, I can't believe Nottingham Forest are doing this deal. It's just like baffling. I had a Forest, Forest fan go, well, Nottingham Forest have showed more ambition um, than West Ham have ever done. And we've been out of the Premier League for 23 years. It's like, mate, what are you talking about? <laughs> Signed one bloke, which is just one bloke. bloke semi final. Yeah, just under 29 year old. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I now really, really hope not in the forest go down, not because they signed Lingard, but because their fans are really touchy. Really, really touchy. <laughs> I really well, want... yeah. I, I must admit, I was of that opinion. Like, same when, when Leeds were coming back up. I was like, it'd be good to get Leeds back in the league. I thought it'd be brilliant to get Forest back. And last season, I was like, yeah, I hope Leeds go down again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'd be the same this year. Had one call up Talk Sport. Uh, Carlton Cole was one of the one of the guys, and uh, a Forest fan go, "Hear me out. I really think, I really think, not the Forest is going to finish above West Ham next season." The Carlton Cole's laughing at him down the phone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what, on what basis do you think that that's actually going to happen? I mean, it might, <laughs> it could happen, like, but what are you basing that opinion on? Like, genuinely. Like, <laughs> Well, just because you signed Jesse Lingard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. So, yeah, yeah I hope they get relegated. <laughs> Fair enough, mate, yeah. Fair enough. Right, so, come on, sorry, we we, we ventured into it just yes. now. One thing I will say before I forget, um, I mentioned it just now, uh, we'll reiterate at the end, of course, but all the best to Sebastian Haller, um, found a testicular tumour um, the other day when he was training for Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, um, yeah, some views uh, um, about him among West Ham fans and his value for money and all that sort of thing. But as with anything like this, um, something like that and the humanity of the situation is so much more important than football. It doesn't matter how much money you got, how healthy you are, whatever these things can happen to all of us. Obviously, Jonesy raising money last year for the DT38 Dylan Tombidi's Foundation. Just vital um, for you to check yourselves out. Lads, whenever you can, if you're in the shower, whatever it is, um, Tracy and all those guys at the DT38 Foundation, push that message. Obviously, we send all the very best to Sebastian and hope that he pulls through as quickly as possible, um, gets back to playing footy and you know he's fighting fit and healthy for his family and all that sort of thing. So uh, all the best to Sebastian in your hopeful recovery um, from that at the moment, just a reminder. Uh, especially thanks for our work that we do with the DT38 Foundation. Jonesy and I do it on the reg as well. Just check yourself, lads, um, in the shower, where, whenever it is. And if there's anything uh, that's new or you feel a bit uh, concerned about it, just head down to your GP and get it checked out. Jonesy, transfers. West Ham, you're telling me they're going to sign some players. Make me believe you. So the, the nearest one is Gianlucas Kamaka from um, Sassuolo. Six foot four, I think. I've seen a couple of videos of him popping around on social media. The guy's absolutely massive, almost yeah. so massive that so like massive that it, it almost looks like you know that FIFA glitch where players are just bigger than everyone else on the pitch, <laughs> like over <laughs> oversized. It's like yeah. that. It's like blimey. But the, the bloke can finish. Uh, he scored for Sesuolo. He scored, I think. He's six, not eight. finish. <laughs> yeah, he's nice not bloke. finish. He's twenty nine. 
16 <laughs> goals in Serie A last season for Sassuolo, so not to be sniffed at. Um, yeah. Good in the air, obviously, because he's about nine foot eight. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, looks looks a player. Only 22, 23. Yeah. Um, signing him for 30 million quid. I think 5 million add-ons. Um, he's actually, according to sources, uh, on his way to London today. Right, so whose sources? Where have you looked um, there? Uh, a source at work. Uh, <laughs> right, school. okay. But, yeah, sorry, but, I don't mean to laugh. You do work for a, a reputable work for a... football media organisation. <laughs> exactly, sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a source but... at work, but it's being widely reported on social media as well that yeah, he's on yeah, his way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack so, Russell as well, a uh, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Formerly the Evening Standard, now of Sunsport, been on top of that one all summer as well. Um, assures me that that one is as good as over the line. So, uh, yeah, go on then, uh, Jonesy. Uh, the other one that is at, at a more advanced stage than just uh, rumours is Philip Kostic at, uh, at Stutt- uh, Stuttgart, uh, Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah. Um, obviously, no, we know all about him. Played very well against us over the two legs in the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, apparently, a 12 million euro fee has been agreed with Frankfurt, but we're yeah. trying to convince him to come because he'd be sacrificing Champions League football yeah. uh, to sign for us. So, something going on there, I don't know. We've offered... Is that is that a good sign? Sorry, go on, mate. What would you say? We've offered what? Uh, no, I'm just moving on to the next one. So, do you want to still talk? No, I was just going to say, is that a good sign? Um that we're having to persuade him. Uh, and also, another one I've, I've, I've sort of seen a lot of people going, ah, oh, if we had Kostic instead of Cresswell, um, yeah, we'd have won the Europa League. Da-da-da. I was of the opinion he's far more of an attacking player, like a winger slash midfielder, uh, who can sometimes play left wing back. But yeah, people he, more... He played on the left wing against us, uh, yeah. but he is experienced at left wing back. Um, right. And I've seen reports that he's coming in to predominantly act as as cover for Creswell, mm. but also be a, a left-sided midfielder at the same time. Right. So we're going to get a hybrid role out of him. Kind of um, a bit of both, yeah. So for twelve million euros, it's it's a, it's a sensible deal, I think. Given, mm. but he is twenty nine, I think. So he's, um, you know, a couple of good get, years out of him. Yeah, we'll get a few years out of him. But I am fact, go on. The fact, fact is we've got to convince him because, um, quite rightly, he's probably sitting there going, well, yeah, fine, but I've got mm. Champions League football to worry about next year. He's got a year left on his deal, which means yeah. next summer he'll have more options. Does he want to... More, more salary as well, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if, it was, if it was me, I think I'd be hanging around in Germany, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. Yeah, more money next summer and Champions League football this year after having played a vital part in them. Um, in getting them Champions League football last year, I think yeah. longer term probably a better yeah. uh, idea for him to stay put. I am led to believe Jonesy. Um, I can't be too sort of certain on this at the moment. Sort of confident enough to say it on the podcast that if that deal was to be done or a deal for a player of similar ilk, that it could spell the end of Arthur Masuaku's time at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I can't sort of. Details-wise, I'm not too sure um, as far as deals in place or anything like that yet. I've heard a couple of whispers, but nothing um, that I could be confident enough to to, to sort of say on the podcast. Um, but to be honest, that's the least surprising thing ever if that were to happen, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. if he comes in and he can provide that cover there, um, 
Nesuaku's just not up to it anymore, is he? I think I think, was, I think it was just I'm surprised he hasn't gone already, off, frankly. Yeah, I think it was yeah. accepted that this is the summer that he goes. So yeah, if that's yeah. the case, then fine. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of whispers about clubs, um, but yeah, nothing sort of sure enough yet. But it does seem to be that if a transfer of Kostic or similar were to be made, that would start a chain reaction, which would likely affect half my Shuaku's West Ham career, which of course would devastate me. But yeah, probably time for the King to depart. Anything else? Um, the, the other one that's been going on for a while is Amadou Onana at Lille. Yeah, we're, we're down midfielder. Here. Midfielder, we're on to our fourth bid, which has risen up to 38 million euros now. Um, From our first bid of (laughs) 37.6. Yeah, yeah, something like that. (laughs) Apparently, um, there's no agreement. Lille are still holding out for a little bit more, apparently. Uh, But according to Fabrizio Romano, who, not to be sniffed at when it comes to information, uh, although some people will call him a tapping merchant, but... (laughs) <laughs> for another day. Um, he, he, he normally does have correct information one way or another whether um, it's his or not is whether it's his or not is, is up for debate yeah. but yeah. Um, he's saying that uh, currently West Ham's priority is getting Skamaka over the line but then full focus goes to bring in a Nana to, to London Stadium so what, um, what, what where sort of when you say midfield that's quite a broad term these days holding attacking he's, wide central he's, he's box holding. to box he's holding right Obviously, we've got Flynn Downs in this uh, this summer, who um, looks looks like a good prospects. Don't really know mm. so much about him. No, an Ipswich fan, Ipswich fan, I work with um, said decent. We said yeah. he'll make a minimum. He'll be like a, a bit of a journeyman, not journeyman, sorry, but like a a proper average, reliable Premier League midfielder for a yeah. few years. So yeah, the football um, league, the football league writers at work uh, on football league world, they all went. Can't believe he's signing him. He's a good player. Mm. Um, so they were like, "Yeah, you're going to." Go. And the fact is, a West Ham fan as well helps. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah. So obviously, with Flynn Downs coming in, obviously Suchek and Rice <laughs> in the squad that gives four four good options in, in central midfield. Mm. Um, I think we should expect Rice to see him get a little bit more forward this year. We're signing two older midfielders. Yeah. We should see him get forward a little bit more. So that's good. Whether that happens or not, I don't think that's a long way off. But um, the, the two closest appear to be Skamaka, which should be done within the next 48 hours. Yeah. And then Kostic, which you know, I'll be quite happy if we got him in. Experienced player. So he won the yeah. Year last year. So, yeah, for sure. Should have uh, got Bastion to ask him about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but man. but um, but other than that, I think there's one, Zielinski is another one we've been linked with, but I don't know how true that is. Um, so do you think that's, just say we pull those deals off, Jonesy, is that enough? I think so. I'd, yeah. I'd like us to get probably another striker. I think we need three mm. strikers in, in the round. I know Bowen can play there. Um, I'd like us. I mean, if we can get Brozier in as well. Oh, that would be the one. I think that would be a phenomenal signing. Personally, I'd rather us go all in for Brozier and, and leave Skamaka. Uh, I think the. What? Don't be ridiculous. I'd rather Brozier. Yeah, stop, Premier League experience. Stop it. We're going to sign another striker and we'll actually have an out-and-out no, striker rather no. than a converted right-back. What I mean is if we're only going to sign one, then for me, I would have preferred Brozier. Well, sign both. For um, ideally, I'd like to sign both. Like, apparently, Chelsea Chelsea are, are only willing to let him go on loan. Mm. Loan him then. Get him on loan. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, okay. That's yeah, okay fine. for us. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, stick a, uh, a a clause in there as we get first dibs on him next summer. Yeah, he's not going to play for Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel saying, "Oh yeah, I really like him. Like, I, I, I rate him." But you're not going to play him, now, are you? But generally, no, you're no. not going to play him. He's not going to play for Chelsea. Yeah. So if we can get Skamaka in, get Brozier in, Onana, and then Kostic, those four players, I will be happy. I'll be. Yeah. I think that because I think Aguero. I know he's injured. Probably going to miss the City game. I think he's a very, very good centre-back. Um, mm. Spoken to a lot of people and they're like, what on earth are you doing at West Ham? You should be a bigger club. Mm. Um, and I'm like, no bigger than West Ham, but okay, I'll take your point. Um, Who's that yeah. about? Agued? Agued, yeah. Apparently, yeah. He's, he's a very, very good player. Um, but he's injured, so... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we'll ever see him. So someone said to me the other day, I went, um, oh yeah, he's got, a re- he's got a really, really good injury record. Rarely gets injured, but two days yeah. later... He's, he's really good at getting injured. So, yeah, great, thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> that. Um, Quality stuff, mate. Quality stuff. Well, yeah. look, Jonesy, I think um, good podcast this season. We're going to try and change a few things up, but uh, we do appreciate you bearing with us last year. The schedule was a little bit... Uh, all over the place, solely, well, primarily down to me getting a new job. But me and James, you've worked something out. Um, so we've, we've carved out a little time, Monday lunchtimes, that works both for us each and every week. So we should be back on a little bit more regular um, with the podcast, hopefully a little bit tighter on, on time as well. We really appreciate you all sticking with us last season. We've got some absolutely wonderful comments. We're both, uh, I was going to say, we're both rested and recharged. Um but I don't know if we're either rested or recharged. Both of us still look absolutely exhausted from our lives. But um, yeah, we're, we're ready to go for, for another season. Jonesy, as much as um, new and improved stuff on the podcast, uh, we hope it's going to be better for the guys next season. Uh, I think we need to have a little bit of a, um, uh, what's it called? A new season resolution that we watch a few more games together. Because the ones we did last season, I thoroughly enjoyed. Tottenham away in the League Cup in the home end. Um, you covering up um, the wor- the worst celebration cover-up I've ever seen when Jared Bowen scored. And Kid and Mr Harriers away watching it together in uh, the Sports Bowen Underbridge, which was the most harrowing experience and the most disappointed I've ever been for West Ham to win a game of football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this season, mate, I think we need to do that a little bit more. Pretty, pretty more um, nights like Leon, don't we? Exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah. How Best could I forget that one? Leon away. Best night ever. Best night ever. Um, but yeah, look, great to see you again, mate. Uh, obviously, that one was a little bit more, a uh, little bit more casual, but we'll have the usual stuff back next week. Opposition views, things like that. No game to look back on, of course, other than the the lawns friendly on, on Saturday, by which time I hope I'll have learned how to say the name of the team properly. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff coming up for We Are West Ham. We appreciate you all sticking with us. Uh, Jonesy, as far as YouTube goes, um, a f- sort of f- what, what can people expect if, if they're not already subscribers? I think we're going to make a few changes on that front too. Yeah, I think, I think on YouTube, uh, if you are subscribed and if you're not make sure you go over there and, and do subscribe we're, it's predominantly going to be where we house our uh, opposition view interviews each week uh, and then there'll be the odd you know during transfer windows we'll put up sort of you know our discussions about transfer windows and uh, and any big talking points obviously last year we had the 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 pie t- takeover by Capital yeah did, um, we are stand first interview first interview with Tony Cotty um, and then any exclusive interviews like with Tony Cotty, if we can get him back on this this season, 
uh, and anyone else that we that we feel is worthy of our YouTube audience. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's mostly the opposition view because that is by far the most watched segment on YouTube. So we're just going to strip back all the stuff that doesn't work, keep the stuff that does work, um, and then go from there and then see what else we can do. Absolutely. Hopefully this year, I think uh, a more streamlined We Are West Ham is uh, is what fans can expect. Am I right, Jonesy? Exactly. Uh, one thing I haven't done um, so far on this podcast uh, is the little bit of housekeeping. Um, you can find Twitter at We Are underscore West Ham. Instagram, where We Are West Ham pod. Facebook search, We Are West Ham podcast. Do the same on YouTube and get over there and subscribe to the channel. Like Jonesy just mentioned, that's We Are West Ham podcast on YouTube. You can email us if you so wish at wearewesthampod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast below. Uh, we try and reply on most platforms, to be honest. I get a few messages through Instagram as well. Me and Jonesy are on Twitter. Uh, I'm at William Pugh underscore. James is at by James Jones are our personal profiles. Get in touch with us um, there or Instagram, wherever you fancy. We do reply to you uh, as often as we can. Don't forget, as many of you did last season, you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. Plenty of you did that last season, especially towards the end. Uh, bought us a few pints just to say thanks for all your efforts. We really, really appreciate all of you guys who did that. So that's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. Um, and the beers start from as little as a five at a time, if you fancy going over there. That's it for the first podcast of the campaign. Somewhat of a soft launch, Jonesy. A little bit of a chat about pre-season. Third degree sunburn on your legs. You turning 34. And much of the incredulity of that barmaid, that mysterious barmaid <laughs> that doesn't exist at your local pub. Uh, and your good pal, Will Pugh. It's been a good one. Normal service to resume normal more streamlined service hopefully to resume next week uh thanks for listening everyone we hope you're glad we're back we certainly are we'll see you for the first we are west ham podcast of the season proper next week hi this is tony cotty and you're listening to the we are west ham podcast Podcast Network.